Hello and welcome to the Nick and Trevor Fireside Chat. With me I've got Trevor Shoemakers. Hey Trev. Hey Nick, how are you? I am superb, I am superb. And so this is our very first podcast episode. So to get started and say hi to everyone, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'll let you go first. No worries. Uh, my name's Trevor Shoemakers and uh, I'm an accountant by trade and I've uh, been uh, involved in the accounting industry for over 30 years. And uh, recently I changed over and joined Hub One. So I've been involved in the IT industry for five years now. So I've been working in both industries for, for that time. Don't know if you want me to talk about anything else, Nick? No, I reckon that'll do. And so yeah. so I'm Nick Bojard. Um, I've been in the IT industry since I was about seven, um, which is about 25 or 26 years and, and never really done anything different. So we put together this podcast because Trevor and I, talk all the time about what's going on in the industry how it's affecting accountants and small businesses and we thought these are really good conversations we should actually record them and and publish them so so here we go so we've got a topic for today trev we do we do we do i want to talk about the it industry in the cloud and why there's a reluctance for the industry to change and uh, taking me being an accountant and coming from an accounting firm's point of view why there's so much confusion around that Okay, so I, I agree. I reckon we start, though, with what is the cloud? Because I reckon there's a ton of confusion about what the cloud is. So so I, I, I do this in, in conversations. So I go, what do you think the cloud is, Trevor? Well, me, there's <laughs> you tell me a lot of times there's a great big definition for it. But let me tell you what I think. And I think the cloud is, is servers that are hosted by big, quite big companies, large and large, large amounts of servers and applications have been stored or or saved onto that um, server and that application becomes available as a subscription where you can then log in and either make use the application or you could store your information on there and you can use those tools anywhere, anytime on any device. So, so I think I think you're close. I, I, I'm not sure you've quite nailed it. So, um, um, NIST, which is the uh, U.S. National Institute for Standards and Technology, do this really not very big but quite small definition of what is cloud computing. But but you're right. Cloud computing is large corporations, um, primarily you know, in in our market. We've got Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Alibaba, uh, and they have really large data centers full of computers that that you can effectively use and rent. And so instead of having to look after systems yourself or become an expert or run a data center, you let them do that and look after it and you just focus on running the applications. Would that that be a a definition as well? Does that work for you? That's exactly what I was thinking, but you say it much better. Oh, that's that's just because I've had to. So when when you get the smaller business, like the small little IT guy who has a server farm and he calls that his cloud, and you log into it via a terminal services application and you run your little box there. So that, that's the thing that I find confuses a lot of people. So tell me why that wouldn't be deemed cloud. Yeah, so there's a couple of reasons why it wouldn't be, de- be deemed cloud. But I think this was answered best by um, um, one of the senior guys at Amazon. And, and he says it's not cloud computing if you have to pay for it before you use it. 
So if you've had to go out and buy equipment before you actually use it, then that's not the cloud. The cloud's designed so you only pay for what you use when you use it. So I know that's mixing technology and business and payment models. But but really, from, from, from our point of view, cloud can grow effectively. It can scale infinitely and your servers can't. Um, it's looked after by hundreds of highly experienced people. And to be honest with you, your servers probably aren't. Um, it's made so that when you run your systems on what we call this virtualized environment, if a server or two or three or ten were to break, it has no impact on your application. So you get far better availability and uptime. So all those things come together to mean when you say, oh, I'm using my servers and I can remotely access them, so I'm remotely accessing a cloud, you just really aren't. And so, again, I'd come back to that NIST definition and say, go read that and use it as a checklist to see if, if your platform really is the cloud. So, so when APS and you know, APS says, oh, right, well, we're going to provide a cloud ver- version and we're going to give you a cloud version of our application, which effectively means they've got servers hosted by another firm and those servers are running the application and you dial in directly into your only your area of the server and you're paying you know two hundred dollars a month for that access why doesn't that why isn't that the same as if i'm going into microsoft servers and i'm using their servers in the same way but i'm storing and i'm storing my applications in there yeah, I, th- I think I think the difference is there. You've you've actually got in 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 that model, and and I, I could be wrong, so I'll probably get slapped for this. But yeah. I do do believe in that model. They're actually locking your environment down to specific machines and and specific what we call points of failure. Um, so from that, okay, you get a slightly different billing model, um, but you don't get any massive increase in availability or performance yeah. or uptime. And and by doing what we call para virtualization across large numbers of machines you get all of those benefits mm. and and there's one it company that i work with and i get really frustrated with this because i you know i'll turn in turn up at a meeting and i'm working with the it guys and they say here log into here and log into our cloud and then the accounting firm's sitting there and they're logging into a server farm using their um they you know using a terminal services access or something like that mm-hmm. and they have no control over it. it's yep. Like they're sitting there and, and then they log into Zero or Office 365 through their server farm. And I just, I say, why do you do that? And they say, oh, we want to control the environment. And we want to, um, we basically, by having that control, we can we can really help the accounting firm by doing that. I, I just don't understand why you would do it. And, I, and you know, and I know that we've I've had some very upset accountants. Once they've realized what they've been um, put into, and what they thought they were getting have got really upset with that. And I just don't understand the objective and the logic behind the process. Yeah, so I, I can I can really talk to that, right? Uh, back in 2005, um, I wrote a book called The Managed Desktop Resource Kit for Microsoft. And in that, we were, we were really trying to dispel the myth that um, locking down or highly configuring a computing environment saved time and money. There was a, a, a myth in, in the IT industry that if you locked people out of doing things, um, they wouldn't phone the help desk as much. Less things would go wrong. 
but but that's just not the case. Right? People who work in businesses are after getting productivity. They want to use the applications they need to get their job done. And if you go home, you know, and, and I use the home computing environment as, as a real mix and match of this. If you go home and you, you want to download I don't know, an application like Mathematica or, or Adobe Acrobat or, or whatever it is, you go online, you download the app. Like you, Facebook, you know. Facebook, you use it. <laughs> And you should be able to do that in the corporate environment, but corporate IT professionals have got caught in this rut that they've got to stop you doing things because that's how you reduce cost. There was actually a bunch of surveys done in the early 2000s, um, done by uh, Microsoft and a bunch of other vendors, which proved that you actually don't reduce costs by locking people down and restricting what they can do. You actually increase them. So the the converse is there. But it's one of those things that happens in, in complex industries like technology is people look at something from about 80,000 feet and go, oh, that's kind of, I, that makes sense. That's how it should work. And then take that to its illogical conclusion, if you will. Yeah, in, in, in the accounting industry itself, we, we went through a pretty bad stage um, where MYOB had some issues and, you know, even when you go before that into the 1990s where CCH, you know, issued, you know, they distributed things with, they thought they were, they, they tested the technology on 486s and everybody was running 386s. So they'd all been through a fairly rough time with that. And so therefore the the vendors were, dis, were de- deciding what the the application needed to be run on. So if you had something like MYB, you know MYB AE, it's a it was a it was a hungry beast, you know, and it needed a, it needed powerful computers to run and and so forth like that. And I think that that scared a lot of accountants. I think that it scared a lot of business. You know, if you even take it from away from an accountant, a lot of business owners really really listen to their IT people, um, but the accounting industry especially, and um, they're frightened of making mistakes or getting a virus or any of those sort of things into their tools because that will shut them down. Yeah, so I, I can I can really resonate with that. So my first job in IT, in professional IT, um, at the age of tender age of 19, was um, as IT assistant for a 65-user accounting firm um, back home where I come from. And we had all those same concerns. We had servers. We wanted a new application. We bought a new server. Um, we were backing up to tape. If something went wrong, nobody could work. If the server fell over, everybody sat on their hands all day and we lost tons of money. And so that's something that happens. You know, that's, that's really visible to accountants because if your computers aren't working, there's not a lot else you can do. So that's, that's a fascinating space. I think though, you know, that was at the beginning of my career. Um, so that was in the early 1990s. We're now almost into 2020, right? So Yeah, we, like you were, you were talking before you were doing definitions from 2005, and I'm going, you know, we're getting into the... We yeah. We're 15 years away from that, and, and, and a lot of the industry hasn't moved. You're right. We're 30 years away from the 486, to give you an idea. Just, yeah, yeah. it's these, these things are enormous, and these changes although you don't think are very big in what we're doing around computing technology and certainly what we're doing around cloud computing. And we're now, we're now talking about the next generation of that, what comes beyond cloud computing. You know, the organizations which have picked that up and, and run with it, and I know you work with a bunch of them, Trevor, have yeah. really found not just freedom and flexibility, flexibility, but they found reduced cost, they found high availability, and they're not having to maintain anything, right? They just go in and add a user... 
administer something here or there it's not the onerous thing that it used to be when you had to have an it guy and stuff yeah exactly and and then you know and uh, i've been doing it for five years five years with you now i'm teaching other accountants on on how to do it and to not be frightened about setting up a user account but every day every day i bump in i come across a business where the it guy is absolutely controlling that business you know and they're basically saying you know you 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 want to put a new user on you they've got no idea their domains they don't have no idea of any of their passwords for their servers or anything like that. They've got no idea any of the IP addresses, how to set up a printer, how to do any of these basic fundamental things. We're talking about a business that's, you know, 15 staff, 20 staff. They're not mm. massive businesses. Yeah, no, I think I think it's funny. And I think, you know, the IT industry has got a lot to be, you know, feel a little bit ashamed about, to be perfectly frank with you. So we have this concept called the managed service provider, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to meet anybody outside the industry who knows actually what a managed service is. But, but effectively what it is is it means they try and take control of your IT because they know better. Or, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting quotes up, you know, with my hands while I say that, they know better, because yeah. they don't really. And first of all, they don't know your business very well. Um, secondly, um, if you think about it, you go, I, I, want a, I want a new user who has access to a bunch of stuff. What do you do? You send them an email or you phone them. Well, how do they know it's really you who are doing that? And that, that stuff can be gamed. When you learn how easy it is to administer your environment in this kind of new world of cloud, and, and I say new world of cloud, and we're doing it for almost 10 years now. So cloud computing has been fairly mainstream for about 10 years, so it's not new. Um, but, but you should be able to run that yourself and certainly you know that trev and when we first yeah. came first came up did stuff with you i was going no 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 you don't need us to do anything you do it all because it's easy but i was i was frightened to start with i was very nervous you know i didn't know what i i, I but i'd been you know um conditioned mm. by instant like incidents and that we'd had like we'd had issues and we'd be down and all that sort of stuff um you know things like the first of July every year, we used to tell everybody to take the, the week off because we had to go and um, update to the latest version of Myob and, and do any upgrades to our PC, our servers and all that sort of stuff. And people couldn't do things for a week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I know, I know that feeling. And, but, but here's an example. Like, I think we, we met years ago, Trevor, um, when we migrated you off your exchange server to office 365, can you remember Office 365 being down at all in that period? No, never. Right. So, so there's something really complex. It's your authentication, it's your email, it's your document storage, all of that hasn't gone down in years. And that's, that's what this is offering, right? No, and, and the no other thing to... is I haven't had an issue. I haven't lost an email. I haven't had a virus. I haven't had any of those things. And I don't use virus protection. So... You know, a good segue from that is to why do why is it this that I don't like that I haven't have to had these virus protection virus software on my computer? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. First of all, you do have virus protection, right? But you've got it at all sorts of different places. So I'll kind of describe it. So if you're using something like Office three six five or 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 G Suite, you've got virus protection happening right up at the cloud level. So those providers are doing anti malware, antivirus, a bunch of other things. Also, I know for a fact, Trevor, you run Windows 10, right? 
So Windows 10 comes with um, Microsoft's antivirus solution built in. So you don't need to buy any third-party software to run a safe, secure computing environment. You don't, you don't need to go out and buy third-party stuff. I don't care what anybody says to you. You don't need to get that. You don't need to back up your system. If you've got a server in. in the office, do you need to have ours? Uh, well, yes, you do. And, and that's yeah. where it gets really interesting. So um, I think let's talk. Can we talk about Crypto Locker for a little bit? Because that's one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah. So, so Crypto Locker was. Oh, favorite. You're a sicko. So, Crypto Locker was this evil, nasty, malicious thing which encrypted all your documents. And you couldn't get them back unless you allegedly pay, paid somebody a vast amount of Bitcoin. And if you did pay them, you might get a key that allowed you to unlock your documents. But if you didn't, they were lost um irretrievable um and so lots of people lots of small businesses were hit by that anybody who was there was wasn't anybody that i i know about who was on office 365 or a cloud service who was impacted by crypto locker those services provide protection for those things which means you don't lose any documents or data and and at, at the time we we had a ton of accountants using office 365 and the only organization that got hit by it is the one who delayed moving off their server so, yes, you've got to be really careful if you're trying to run IT for your business. But if you leave that to the professionals, such as Microsoft or Google or Amazon or, or those guys, and I mean, I don't mean Bob's computer shop around the corner. I mean the no. real professionals. Um, he's, then, he's got a shipping container with some computers in it. That, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had the comments, hey, Nick, come see my cloud. Where is it? It's a shipping container in Gosford. Mate, that's not a cloud, right? That's, it's a shipping container in Gosford. But um, there's there's all those opportunities for them to manage that stuff for you and you don't have to think about it. So, yeah, no, damn good point. So we go full circle then. Why are the IT professionals being reluctant to move to the cloud or reluctant to offer that as a, as, as a solution? That's Especially a the larger, you know, and you say Bob's computing, but you're you're sort of more you're, you're more established IT providers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I think that's exactly the reason. It's the same reason why the established mid tier accounting firms struggle to make the move from hourly to monthly billing or from compliance to advisory. It's the same thing. There was a business model that has worked for years, and and this is how it works. We sell you a big chunk of kit every three years. We t sell you a ton of services every three years and then we sell you a little bit of maintenance throughout the time and every year or so we come and scare the pants off you saying you need the latest backup or antivirus software and we sell that and make margin off it. And that's how these businesses work. Um, so a 10 user firm should be generating, you know, um, 30K of profit every three years for an IT firm. Yeah. And that's how you make that work. And that's that's really similar to lumpy accounting, right? You do this yeah. big tax return every year and it happens. And what's happening to the accounting firm is it's turning into weird things like monthly billing or it's turning into having to actually offer value over and above compliance to keep your clients. Same things happening to the IT industry in the same way that, that you know, there's, there's pundits in the accounting industry who say, oh, compliance will never go away and um, a monthly billing will never happen. And, and all those things, that's still happening in the IT industry. 
but we are seeing and the, the whole IT industry is having the conversation about not just how we have to change, but how, especially in places like the US, that change has already happened. Organizations not with the picture are not surviving for very long. And, and I think that's the same, not just across those two industries, but probably across lots of them too. Yeah, so the, the, you know, we're, they're, they're, I feel that a lot of these businesses are doing it by half, you know, and then the accounting firm goes through and says, oh, well, I'm, I'm in the cloud, I'm done, and they get everything done by half, but they don't see any benefit. They're still paying them the same managed services. They're still paying those sort of things because they have that link, you know, and strangely enough, the IT company tends to normally be one of the biggest clients of the accounting firm as well. So. Yeah, that, that's, that's always the <laughs> They've one. They've got that... a very strong relationship, so there's oh. a reluctance to change always the one that gets you is is that one but that's 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 kind of so there's this huge barrier to change but i would say kind of in in wrapping up look at what's available and look at what you can do yourself you don't need to be an it expert anymore and you're not actually running any infrastructure you're just administering the software and the services that you bought from the large vendor yeah and you know i've seen it so many times with you know uh, accountants and, and business people you know who have gone and seen seen how easy it is to manage and they've said ah and what we you know it's about that thing of teaching people to fish and saying here's how you do it it's not that hard and if you manage it and look after yourself and take control of it yourself then then you're you know there's so much more security around that and you you own it it's yours yeah, so I, I, I totally agree. And you, you, you're dead right, Trev. It's, it's manage it, own it, secure it yourself, get advantage of that availability and get advantage of that lower cost. I think that's a fantastic thing to do. Mm. So, so so where are we with the podcast? You reckon we're kind of wrapping up now? I reckon yeah, we kind of covered that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of cool. It's awesome. <laughs> so, so that's been lots of fun. We're, we're planning to do this probably on a, a weekly or bi-weekly basis. So if you do like it, leave a thumbs up. Um, you can subscribe to us. Um, we're, we're hosted on CastBox, but we're available anywhere you can get and find and listen to a podcast. So um, and for me, I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. And thanks for listening. And from Trevor... See you later, guys. Thanks for that. Catch you later. Thanks heaps. Bye.